On Thursday morning, I woke up and did something that I've been planning on doing since I got here, and that was I drove to Gettysburg. It's not very far. I've been there two previous times. This last time was probably about 15 years ago on a family vacation, which meant I had little whiny kids with me and a whiny adult also with me. They didn't really want to be there. And, uh, you know, I get it in some sense. Um, We did watch the Gettysburg movie, all like four hours of it on the way there. And then after we were there, my wife said, let's watch it again on the way back. Of course, when you're driving, you don't watch it. You listen to the four-hour movie twice. I had a great time this time. I was by myself. None of that. It was amazing. And it's so close, I know I can go back any time. But the first time I went was even more epic. It was 1985. I was 14 years old. I was on my way back from Fort A.P. Hill at the Boy Scout Jamboree. Um, Highlights of that time were the Beach Boys, and even better than that, I got this sweet apple Macintosh bag. We didn't even know what a Macintosh was. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the shape, it was just a bag. But the low light on that trip was a hurricane came through, wiped out our whole 50,000 of us, and so we ended up with nothing. We had no clothes. It was all went away. They gave it, it was like army barracks. We got a, a cot then and a, a, a blanket, and that was it. I remember standing in line three hours to talk to my mom on the phone and say, hey, can I come home? What do you think? It was a two-second phone call. No, bye. (laughs) Things were different back then. So on the way back from all of that, we stopped at Gettysburg. I remember nothing. I just wanted to get home. Please, I stink. I'm with all these boys. Um, Any of you guys in Boy Scouts? Boy Scouters? No? Boy Scouts are trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, thrifty, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. It's drilled into your head. I didn't end up becoming an Eagle Scout. That was pretty much about the last thing I did in Boy Scouts. I was 14 because... Girls and sports got way more interesting than hanging out with 10-year-olds. But these lists, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent, our list is different. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here we are at the last one, self-control. I don't know if you've learned anything. I hope it's been good. Ronnie and I talked about doing this series back in like February when we were talking, or January. It's been great to go through, and we're reminded here at the end, these are the fruit of the Spirit. As Jesus is in us, this is what comes out of us. This is what we need as we have Christ in our lives. I heard a story 
um, this 10-year-old boy overheard his dad tell his mom, we're going to cut down the tree out by the house. It's not bearing fruit anymore. And it's meaningless without that. The, the boy was upset because that's the tree he used to sneak out of the house. So he did not want that tree cut down. So over the night, he taped apples onto the tree. Made sense, right? So he comes down the next day, and the dad and the mom, are, they're having breakfast together, and, and the dad says to the mom, you know, the most amazing thing happened. The tree bore fruit overnight. And the boy's super happy, of course, and, and he said, you know what, the, the even crazier part is that pear tree grew apples. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. So we often tape our fruit up because we want to look like and appear for all everyone to see that we have these qualities. We, we know they're in here. We know they're important. We know God wants them, and so we tape them up. This is what I'm talking about. Acting patient, right, is not the same as patience. Acting self-controlled, that one actually might be self-controlled. What else is self-controlled unless you act it? What is self-control? Willpower, temperance. Uh, self-control can be developed. It, it can, it's like a muscle that you can work on. People have studied people that don't have self-control, and there's a correlation to crime, which makes sense. Like, if you walk around all day thinking, why, well, I could steal that, well, I could steal that. It certainly occurs to me sometimes, the weak point in a system. But then if you do that, <laughs> self-control is not doing what you see could be done. It's the opposite of impulsiveness or short-sightedness or insensitivity. And so, as the Spirit unites us to Christ, He unites us to all of Christ, all parts of Christ, not just some of them. And self-control is really how you practice the other fruit of the Spirit. How do I love people? How do I love God? How do I love others? How do I love people that I'm not married to and people that I am married to or, or related to. It takes self-control to work out these things. Self-control directs our lives as we, as we help others. Think of it like um, power or speed of a, a powerful car or maybe even better, a powerful like jet ski. You don't, you don't ride a jet ski that often and you have a really powerful one, well, what needs to happen? You have to be able to control it, or else you're going to go off the rails. Now, on a jet ski, it's not that bad, hopefully. But if you, if you have a super powerful car, you have to be able to control it with the tires and the steering. What power do you have? How do we control beauty or intelligence? or time, our abilities, right? Self-control means that we have these things, these attributes, these powers, and, and we use them with humility, 
knowledge, sober judgment, the Bible calls it, and determination and grit. So all in this thing. Paul talks about it in our passage here with an athlete. The Olympics started in 76 BC in, in Athens, of course, in Greece. But there were these Corinthian games, and they preceded them, and they started in 582 BC. And so they had chariot races, right? And they had wrestling, like you would think of, but they also had music and poetry readings. And, and the winners would get a wreath. Talks about the wreath, but the wreath was a wreath of celery. That sound awesome? But they also got statues and odes and money. And so this is true for still now. Any sport takes self-control, dedication. You have to train, of course. You have to get up and go to the training. You, you have to diet. You, you have to stretch. You got to watch film. Kyler Murray, Kyler, Kyler Murray just recently got in trouble because he didn't sign this contract. Remember, he, he got the Heisman at OU, so I'm crazy about him. But he signed this like $200 million contract, but it had this clause in it that said he had to like study film, and he like freaked out, although he signed the contract that had that in it, right? But he's like, of course I study film. Do you think I just appeared here? No, I train my body. I train my mind. It is not easy to be a quarterback in the NFL. I'm committed. Another example. Remember in the NBA bubble, the 2020 bubble? So they were all in Orlando, wasn't it? So there was self-control to train and go to, go to the games, but there was also self-control to not leave the bubble, which was not easy for some people. Anna, my daughter, Rose at OU, Self-control means getting up at 4 in the morning to drive 45 minutes to row at 5 in the morning, much less all the erging she has to do. So, so, so training self-control to give it your all, right? To show up at the pool and swim, to work on your triathlon, to run the stadium steps. You have to say yes to things and no to other things to win, Two types of out of control. The one we think of auto automatically is the Tasmanian devil, just a complete whirlish, whirling dervish out of control. But the other is self controlled in the wrong things is actually out of control. The best example I can think of that, maybe you haven't seen it, Parks and Rec, the Leslie character. You know, she has folders and binders, and her whole mojo is being controlled of every single thing. And of course, the funny part is, it doesn't work. But she thinks it does, and she can't stop. So, self-control isn't totally suppressing desires. It's better rightly ordering your desires. Desiring the right things in the right ways in their God's ways, how we should love things and, and bind ourselves to things, to Him, to other people, to things themselves, takes control. 
We, we all desire things. And this is how we succeed in life. In relationships, in jobs, in careers, and in sports. As an aside a little bit, one thing, I've, I've been mentioning things that I don't think we should say. Like one of them, what was it? Um, what did I say we shouldn't say? Oh, I would never do that. That's not, a, that's not a good thing to say. Another thing I don't think we should say is everything in moderation. I don't like that. No. Joy in moderation? Like tamp down your joy? Peace in moderation? Let's not have as much peace as we could? Some things in moderation, totally sure. Should we be less generous because we're afraid we're going to just go overboard on generosity? Self-control in moderation? What does that even mean? Think about it. Okay, so what if you succeed with whatever you're doing and your desire without God included? What if you succeed in these fruit? If you love more without God? If you're gentle more without God? This is what Paul calls as perishable wreaths. You can get these things in relationship, job, career, success without God. He's calling that a perishable wreath. You are very committed and self-controlled to get it. It's not, it's not the same without God. We can get the gold medal, the thing we train for all our lives. And it doesn't mean we're more worthy. It's what we think it means. It's what we want it to mean. But not without God. And so we go through these New Year's resolutions, uh, these goals that we have, maybe even collectively as a church. What, what do we want to be like? What do we want more of? What do we want less of? Uh, like in Lent, when we give up things, we remind ourselves that our, our stomachs are not in control of our lives. Our eyes are not in control of our lives. And so we, we remind ourselves that we can be self-controlled by giving up something, maybe big or maybe small for a time, to remind ourselves that my desires and needs are directed by me. They don't just happen out there. <clears throat> but they can still be perishable. Anything you want to accomplish takes this grit, determination, self-control, right? You, books don't just write themselves. If you want to write a book, you have to come up with a system and a plan and be dedicated. And I, I often help <clears throat> authors, and we'll talk about you know, setting a place, you, you know that when you go to this place, you write and uh, doing a word count per however fast you want to go, a word count per day, per week, or a time. I'm going to sit here and write this many minutes, this many hours a week. It's true with losing weight. But really, honestly, one of the best things you can do to lose weight is track what you eat. If you just do that, you'll start to go, oh, Whoa. I remember <clears throat> I was trying to lose some weight and, and I was tracking and I, I realized McAllister's sweet tea, I would sit in, in McAllister's and drink five of those things because they were bottomless. That was like 
5,000 calories a day just in liquid. Okay, eliminate that is seriously a lot of calories. So tracking is a lot of time. You know, if you want to go to bed at a certain time, you have to be self-controlled. Like, what do I have to do before I go to bed? If I want to write to my friends thank you letters, like, when's that going to happen? If I want to to have walk goals or run goals, of course, if I want to read so many books a year, or if I want to read the Bible through in a year, learn a skill of the church, take some ordering of our lives, self-control, Paul talks about in sexual temptation, sexual immorality, so there are these body things that take control. Not even that, just that one, but like gluttony or laziness. At a project, I have so many projects, but this was just for my own amusement. A lot of them are that way. A couple weeks ago, I started writing these overtures um, just for my own self. <clears throat> I sort of, I'm a little bit upset with the PCA about picking on certain sins, like completely focusing on. I understand why we're doing that. And so I started writing overtures about these other ones that we read in the sin list in Galatians 5. So I wrote an overture against obesity. <laughs> and um, I, I put in there, like, every PCA pastor before General Assembly has to get a BMI test and import it into a portal and if you aren't in the range, the healthy range, of course, I know this is all idiotic. I understand that. You don't, get a, you don't get a clicker, so you don't get to vote. And it has to be by a licensed BMI professional, all this stuff, right? I wrote another one against rivalries. That's one of them in the sin list. That, that We can't talk about the SEC anymore. SEC is off the table. So <clears throat> We have these other sins besides sexual sins, right? But we need to remember that. It's not the only one. We have self-control sins, problems with our thoughts. Self-pity, bitterness, despair, discouragement. One of the things that we rarely doubt is our doubt. We're like, boom, I got doubt. Why can't we doubt that? I, you know, 2020 was just awful. And I, I spent so much time in my office at the church, which I never did. I mean, at, at least discouragement. <clears throat> Maybe despair. And so I had to discipline myself to remember God is faithful. Even now. God loves His church even now. What about self-control when there's that person that anytime this person comes up, you automatically say something negative? Instantaneously. There's no, nothing else comes first. It could be a, a person in your life. It could be a person in, in public. And so what about the self-control to control your tongue or to give and grant forgiveness? Self-control about places we go in our minds or physically. You know that when you go to that place, this thing happens. 
And so maybe back it up and don't go to that place. Our weaknesses, sometimes these are slow, slow steps as we fail and succeed and fail and succeed. Sometimes they, they just seem impossible. Just remember, when you succeed, that is not what makes you enough. That's a perishable wreath apart from Christ. Our goal is to say yes to things so we can say yes to Christ or no to things so we can say yes to Christ. To, to find out what God and Jesus say they love and love those things, what, what they rejoice over, where their kindness lies, who they're kind to, who they're patient with, who they're good for, how their faithfulness is. And what we so often do is we love lesser things. Besides God. You probably remember or have heard of the famous 1960 marshmallow test. Bring in these kids, I think there were maybe four, and they say, okay, here's a marshmallow. You can eat this marshmallow anytime you want. You have 15 minutes. You're going to sit in this room for 15 minutes. That's a long time for a kid, right? And if I come back, and there's a marshmallow still here, and you didn't eat it, I'll give you another one. Wait 15 minutes, you got two marshmallows. Eat it any time now. What do you think happens? Oh, they do not wait for marshmallows. No way. And, and they film them, and so they're hilarious. You can Google it, and they're, they're, they're fun to watch. And they, they actually tracked this <clears throat> and, and followed up years and years later, and the kids that ate it the fastest didn't do very well in, in life. I don't mean to scare everybody, but you know, uh, that lack of self-control led to depression, problems in relationships, stress. Our lack of self-control can lead to overeating and starving ourselves because we're trying to control other desires deep down. Maybe you're trying to quash a fear, and so that's why you binge watch or buy. And you know, honestly, it takes a lot of commitment to watch some of these shows. You're going to watch a show straight through. I mean, think of how many hours it's going to take in your life. that You've got to be committed to that or to beat a video game. And so we are committed to fighting, rebellion, Comfort, consumption, cynicism, that's not our freedom. And that's why Paul inserts this story right here, this this story of God's people being released from slavery, from the Pharaohs. They come out because of the the plagues and, and this amazing rescue that God gives them. And what happens? They put themselves right back into a different slavery. In fact, they long to go back into that slavery They create a golden calf and start worshiping an idol. They start to grumble against the goodness of God because He's not providing like they were in slavery. Testing God. Tired of God. Idolaters. Destroyed by serpents. Destroyed by the destroyer. And friends, this is us. That's not just them. We have these idols in our lives. 
We are trusting in these perishable things. And the rock is not that gold medal, not that relationship, not that career advancement. The rock is Christ. The rock is Christ. God is faithful. We can bear it. All these temptations because we have Christ. Not because we're so mastered ourselves. Because we can rest in Him. Instead of grumble, complaining, making idols, following those lesser loves. With our guilt and our shame, we hide ourselves, but God provides for us, rescues us, loves us, gives us all these things, brings us freedom and rest, and we're called into our baptism, we're called into this supper, we're called into community together to work this out. It's interesting to think about how these fruits of the Spirit are all attributes of God except for self-control. I mean, God is controlled. He, he doesn't do everything, but He doesn't need to exercise it because <clears throat> He can do everything. He does what He wants to do. And for us, self-control takes judgment. To, to understand these desires, the competing desires in our hearts, these lesser loves, these these things that we need to do takes, takes judgment. How do we love? How do we rejoice? And, and the lack of self-control brings consequences, doesn't it? Not necessarily one-to-one. -one. When you smoke, you get cancer. That's not true. Actually, it seems more correlated than maybe it is. I don't want to like say I'm not a doctor. But a lack of self-control brings hospital visits. People visit the hospital that have tremendous self-control. But it brings about early death and, and maybe divorce and being fired. Um, I want to mention, of course, that self, it takes self-control to take a risk because you know it's going to be okay. A lot of times we think self-control is not doing stuff, but it can be self-controlled to do stuff. Think about these ropes course. You guys have probably done ropes course, right? You're, you're shackled in. You know this will hold you. <clears throat> and you climb up to the top of a telephone pole and you're standing on it like this big. And it feels crazy to do that. You're like, okay, now you're supposed to step off this into what? Th that? It takes self-control to do it. Anybody been skydiving? There's nothing in your brain or body that thinks it's a good idea. You, <laughs> you're clipped into another person. You're like, okay, I'm trusting this person who's done it 5,000 times. And you're sitting on the edge, you're like, <laughs> I'm about to do something incredibly stupid. And it takes self-control to do it. Because you don't want to come back down to the plane, right? If you already paid that money, once you get on the plane, you're in. Like, you cannot not do it. And you have to turn off a part of your brain. It takes self-control to not think about what you're about to do. And like, you just go through the motions. And it's amazing. I highly recommend it. 
There's a lot more dangerous things to do in life, like drive your car. But there are consequences for our lack of self-control or our control of wrong things. And those take judgment. And what I'm trying to tell you is God took that judgment on the cross. The most controlled power of the universe controlled Himself to move toward His crucifixion. The wrath of God was put on Him. All the things that we've done wrong, all these, all these ways we failed, the sinless that we, that we have, and the, the, the lack of accomplishing these for the Spirit got placed on a forgiving God who bore that load, who rescued us, showing us His love and goodness and patience and peace and faithfulness so He can bring about in you a real fruit of the Spirit. Not a taped on one. A real act that comes out of you to other people as we become athletes, engineers, teachers, creatives. Our, our faith grows. Our walks are united to Christ and with each other as we understand and repent of our lesser loves. There's a song about this. It's a hymn. It's in, part of it is, I was, was, once was an orphan, you called me a child. I once was a stranger, lost and defiled. Redemption has found me from up above. Oh, how I had settled for lesser loves. My broken heart you now restore. You give me grace I cannot afford. This is better than the Boy Scouts. Not shocking, right? Um, this is better than faithful loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. These are the fruit of the Spirit. My dad wasn't ticklish. And we would ask him, why are you not ticklish? He said, I decided not to be. Really? You can, can you do that? I, he apparently did. So yes, I know you can do that. Can you be self-controlled enough to decide to come to Jesus? Whether you've been to Him many times or not. We can be self-controlled enough to give up things that keep us away from Him. He's calling us to Himself and working Himself out in our lives. Amen.